Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now. And with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall. And if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball. Now go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna let me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Bucket. They gonna let me for my ambition. I know you've all missed me. I was uh, I was out yesterday. Are we here together? Are Andrew and I here together? I think so. I see him in the studio here in the FanDuel studios. We're actually here both together for the first time this week. Yes, we are here for episode 13 of the Hoopers Log here in the FanDuel studios. Again, you're listening live to CLNS Radio, episode 13 of the Hoopers Log. Yes, we are 13 episodes into this daily series of the Hoopers Log. We are on week three altogether of this overall series, talking NBA basketball Monday through Friday here on CLNS Radio. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties yesterday, so more of a uh, personal difficulty. I uh, I slept in a little bit. Yeah, I'll admit it. I slept in. I totally did not come ready and prepared to do a radio show. It was something that I, I can admit that I, I just I just honestly, I wasn't ready. I wasn't, wasn't ready. And that, that's kind of the thing we start off with, with Kevin Hart. I clearly was just not ready to do a radio show. And uh, I, I woke up about what, 1115. I wake up, I see a text, a phone call, my phone's on silent. So I see a text, a phone call from Andrew Norris. And I'm thinking, holy crap, man, I totally missed the show. And I totally didn't get on there You're enough fired. in time. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. I know Donald. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Yeah, I know. I know. I totally missed the show, and uh, I so I had to reschedule. I, I tried to reschedule the time about five, you know, half an hour out from the regular start time, but then there was a serious error in the uh, in the technical difficulty going on, so I just said, you know what, I'm not going to do a show today. And then I thought, oh, Andrew can host the show by himself, and he did an outstanding job. I got him here on the line. I'll get him on in just a second. But, man, I, I, finally, I got Andrew on the line, and he did an outstanding job yesterday, and it was an outstanding show. We're going to kind of talk about Players of the Week here in a second. Obviously, the major news coming down that Kevin McHale got fired, as you heard Donald Trump saying. Uh, Kevin McHale is now gone as the Rockets head coach. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll talk about these Tuesday games. We'll talk about the Players of the Week, the NCAA from last night. we got a lot to go through, and we got a lot to get to today. 
Andrew, what's up, man? How's it going? Going good. It's going good. I am uh, sitting here in my truck in the rain, uh, but I'm ready to talk some basketball, talk some Kevin McHale, and talk some Andre Drummond. You you talking about rain? You said you said it's raining. It's gonna rain. <laughs> it sure is, man. And it's not bad. It's supposed to it's supposed to get pretty bad. I just had a customer call me and say it's raining and I quote cats and dogs. So Yeah well you you have you have it rain cats and dogs there in, in Detroit. It rains pigs, chickens, flying bricks, uh you name it here in the Pacific Northwest because that's all it's been doing the last three or four days. Unless you went down to Portland like myself. Again, I, I went down to Portland this last weekend. It's actually kinda nice out right now. It's kinda cloudy. You know, here with the Aki Weather, uh, Blackie Weather Report, you know, it, it's literally, it's not really raining right now. It's, uh, it's, it's actually, it's actually kind. Of, I can see the sun peeking through the, uh, the, the depressing fog. So, so we got, so we got some weather report here for you uh, on the, on the, on the radio show. As we know, we, we talk basketball, uh, but again, we got a lot to get to. Andrew, are you ready to get this going? Uh, let Kevin Hart answer that. Let's get it going. All right, all right, all right. I mean, where do we start on a Wednesday here, an ESPN Wednesday where we have two games uh, on national television, interesting games, by the way. They're not the best games of that nature, but we had seven games in the NBA last night. Obviously, our players of the week, we'll get to that in a second. But the breaking news from this morning was Kevin McHale being fired from Houston on this 4-7 and start for the Houston Rockets. Currently, as it stands, the Houston Rockets are – Four and seven in the Western Conference at the eleventh spot or tenth spot currently, I should say. I don't know. They're at the eleventh spot in the Western Conference in the standings. The Sacramento Kings are tied with them. The Blazers have four wins just like them. And over these last three games, they have not looked impressive, and they have looked like a team that really has struggled. I mean, you look at these last these last four games. Excuse me. They lost to the Nets by eight. They lost to the Nuggets by by nine. They lost to the Mavericks by 12, and then they got blown out yesterday by the Celtics in a 111-95 game. The Boston Celtics handed them an absolutely dominating performance that I honestly didn't see coming considering the way the Celtics played against Oklahoma City. Excuse me, that was on Monday. And I, I did not expect that to be the case. And to see a team like Houston struggling the way they have prior to these games, they played some good teams. They beat the Thunder their first win of the year they beat the magic who was let's be honest at the time looking like a team that was close to being undefeated the sacramento kings were down they were beaten but they beat them and then they beat the clippers in la they looked like they were putting it back all together they were four and four or should i say they were they were a winning team at the time they had they had they they were doing well and excuse me they're four and three and then they go on a four-game losing streak and the next thing i know this morning right before the Blazer game, you know, in the morning, he's gone. And now they're saying that G.J. J.B. Bickerstaff, boy, you don't want to mess that name up, uh, B.J. Bickerstaff or J.B. You can mess that up real bad. Uh, J.B. Bickerstaff as interim coach and is now the team's leader to get this team going. Now the real question is, Andrew, who's going to replace Kevin McHale in this situation considering – and this is the interesting part, and I'm just going to make it real quick before I let you talk – this is a team where there's a lot of personalities that can truly be difficult to just hone in. It reminds me a lot of the Sacramento Kings, except a lot like, except a very, how should I say it, 
this team is much more further along in their process as a team. This is a team that can win a title if they put it all together. Clearly they haven't. They're four and seven for a reason. And it, it reminds me a lot of the, the Sacramento Kings. They're kind of an explosive bunch of personalities. You got a guy in Ty Lawson who all by himself is a guy who, you know, as we know, it is away from the court is a guy who is, he is fragile, just flat out. He is a, he is, he's, he's been to rehab, he has had to do his own sort of uh, self-seeking and personal change. Uh, James Harden on the court is a diva. He's a great player, but he's a guy who is really an individual-like player, and if he doesn't have the ball in his hand, he's kind of worthless. Dwight Howard, as we've known, just injuries, drama, BS off the court. This guy all by himself, Dwight Howard, is his own mechanism. So you have three guys all by themselves and then a cast of guys who are, who are kind of put together. They're, they're good. But when it comes to the overall scheme of that team, it's going to be really difficult to implement an identity when a lot of these guys are kind of their own guys. Who do you see potentially replacing as the head coach there in Houston as we see uh, the future set forth, Andrew? Um, you know, the the first name that's going to come up for every single coaching job is going to be Tom Thibodeau. Until he gets a job, it's going to keep coming up. and And I think he's the best fit here. Uh, this is a team with a bunch of players who already play a bunch of minutes, so they're not going to be scared of Tom Thibodeau and his minutes that he, you know, he'll have his best players play 40 minutes a game. He's not afraid of it. He thinks his guys should be in good enough shape to do it, as do I. These guys are getting paid millions of dollars. So Tom Tom Thibodeau, I think, is the best choice. But, you know, then there's always that the other name that comes up, and I'm pretty for, familiar with him being that his brother's the head coach of my team, and Jeff Van Gundy. His name will come up for every single open coaching job. He's the John Gruden of the NBA. Um, but he's a guy who, I mean, this guy's getting paid probably a couple million dollars to to study some game film and commentate on, on a game once a week. I mean, this he's got a perfect – people don't realize an NBA, NFL, those type of head coaches, those jobs are 80 to 100-hour-a-week jobs. Um, these, these are guys who – you know, they they continue and they will continually be putting in just hour after hour. It's not, oh, now it's the off season, you get this time off. Which right now, during the off season, Jeff Van Gundy works as much as he wants to. He can watch as much film. So I think he's, you know, he's going to be a candidate, but I really don't think he's really going to be um, a, a serious one. And then if they let J.B. Bickerstaff, like you said, you don't want to mess that one, uh, go to the end of the season, and they decide. They decide. Well, he's not our guy. He's good, but he's not our guy. One right. more name that will always come up. Who is it? John Calipari. Now, me and you are on record of saying this guy is not an NBA caliber coach. He's not. I personally don't think he's an elite college coach. Okay, emphasis emphasis on the word coach. He's the greatest recruiter right. in the history of the sport. He's not the greatest coach in the history of the sport. His name, if if, if Bickerstaff goes till the end of the season, John Calipari's name will be thrown up. He'll say it's horseradish, and then you know who whoever yeah. will, whatever will happen from there. But I think right now the number one name you have to look out for is Tom Thibodeau. Uh, what it's going to come down to as far as he goes is does James Harden want him? Does Dwight Howard want? Him? Because that's who you build this team around, especially James Harden. If they're okay with a coach, and and 
you know James Harden isn't going to be able to get away with some of these lazy, lazy, lazy defensive plays he does if Tom Thibodeau's his coach. Uh, so that that might be hard to push to James Harden, but if he gives, you know, the acceptance to that, you are looking at a, a potential lethal weapon in Thibodeau coaching the Bulls or the the Rockets. So. Here's my take. First of all, okay, first of all, here we're here at CLNS Radio. If you'd like to call in and talk about this firing today by Kevin McHale, uh, 323-642-1558 is the number. You're fired. And, You're fired. You're yeah. fired. You're fired. Right. You're fired. Right. No, and, and Donald Trump is correct. It, uh, Kevin McHale got fired, like absolutely gone today. Here are two names that I don't think you are bringing up that I think the names you brought up are fantastic. But here are the two names that I actually think are realistic because they make so much sense. And based upon the, the, the characters on this team and the personalities that just do not clash. Here's a good one. How about this name? How about this name blast from the past, especially for James Harden? Scotty Brooks. Bring Scotty Brooks back and you automatically bring back James Harden. And he's like, okay, I can play for that guy. Dwight Howard. If Dwight Howard can't play for Scotty Brooks, he can't play for anybody. Scotty Brooks is a guy who's seen a, a team in Oklahoma City in their infant stages and built them up to a potential NBA champion like he did in 2012. He has seen struggle. He has seen success. He can build this team back from anybody, and if there's anyone he can get into and help become a better player, that's James Harden because James Harden grew up through that Oklahoma City team um, from his rookie year up until he left to go to Houston to get paid. So he has grown up a lot, and along with that – uh, Scotty Brooks has also seen a lot of ways to type. T- he's a great manager of, of talent. He has found ways to kind of get out of the way of Russell Westbrook, get out of the way of Kevin Durant, uh, really uh, play to the strengths of his team. And if he does play to the strengths of his team, they will win. That's, that's all you have to do with Houston. Play to the strength of your team on top of not just play to the strengths of your team, get the respect and get the, Get the, get the players to understand your philosophy. I think the players understood Kevin McHale's philosophy. I just think they were kind of like whatever with it. You know, you're this old 80s, you know, Boston Celtics, rah-rah, hardcore kind of guy that we don't want to listen to, blah, 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 blah. And I think it kind of wore on these guys because, let's be honest, uh, Dwight's a drama queen. J- James Harden is, is with the Kardashian and wearing Nikes when he's got a $200 million Adidas deal. These guys don't care about when it comes to, you know, overall, I guess, respect of, of their, I guess, their elders or whatever. They don't care. They care about what's going on today in their own bank account. That's the only thing they care about, and they only care about their own thing. Maybe not even their own bank account. They just care about what they only want to care about. And obviously, Ty Lawson with his off-the-field, off-the-court issues, you've got guys on this team who have their own agendas. And when you don't have a coach on board to help try and fill that agenda, when you've got – he's kind of outdated. Kevin McHale is an outdated kind of dude. Great coach. I think he can get another job somewhere in the NBA, and I think he'll be refilled again if some guys get fired. But you need a guy to come in there to help manage. I'm telling you, if Phil Jackson was 10 years younger and he came to this Houston Rockets team, Ooh. game over. We're talking about a we're talking about a potential NBA Finals champion team right now. But Phil Jackson's older. He's not going to come back to coaching. Let's just leave it at that. But if he did come back, this would be the team to coach for him because this is a team built so much like those early 2000s Lakers. And that's saying a lot, considering those teams were just filthy dominant. Yeah. But that's how, that's how talent this Rockets team is. And one more name before I let you talk again, Andrew. Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. You talk about a guy with a coaching chip on his shoulder. Granted, it's been a couple years since he's been in the league. 
Uh, the last time he was in was in 2014, 2013-2014 when he had some struggles in Golden State. There was some issues. I think Mark Jackson would be the perfect one-year experience experiment because I heard Scotty Brooks wants to take a year off from coaching. But if you want to fill in a guy right now to take over, you said Jeff Van Gundy from ESPN, he wouldn't be a bad fit either. But if you want to fit in one guy right now to get, it, to get a litmus test on your team to see – what kind of personalities will match to see what kind of players will will agree and disagree with a guy like Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson is a fiery head coach. Mark Jackson is a deep intellectual type of head coach, which I don't know if that will blend with this Houston team, but it doesn't hurt to try. This guy, whether we like it or not with Golden State and what their success is like, this guy built Golden State success. Steve Curry just kind of put him over the top. Or should I say Steph Curry's development put him over the top. Klay Thompson's development, Draymond Green's development. Those guys all had agendas to get better in Golden State and get better. But honestly, if it wasn't for Mark Jackson's uh, uh, system and belief in them through those three years of growth and development, I don't think this team would have been where they are today. And he emphasized a lot of the stuff that they use today now, but Steve Kerr has really kind of put it over the top. Obviously now Luke Walton's coaching them because of his injuries, and they're now 12-0. They're the best team in the NBA. And Mark Jackson, if he comes in here, and it would be a good experiment for Houston considering this season's kind of at a wish-wash part, and they already are talented enough to go on a 10-game winning streak, like you said, 15-game winning streak, and they'll be back in it in the Western Conference. They can put Mark Jackson in there right now, and he can be like, look, fellas, if you want to win a title, you got to stop with your mamsy-pamsy BS type of mentality out here on the basketball court and stop playing individual basketball. Play my brand, believe in yourselves, get it going, and you guys are going to be successful every single night because all the Houston Rockets have to do is show up, play some some uh, just any kind of paper mache defense, not this not this air open defense that they've had. They've had no defense. If they play any kind of paper mache defense where they just allow 103 or 102 points per game, not 108, not 109, if they just allow 100, 102, 103, they're instantly going to be a better ball club because they can score 100 every single night in the NBA if they put together some kind of system. If they put together a paper mache system, if they put together some form of a paper mache defense, and they have a belief system, this team's going to go to the playoffs and they're going to win games. That's just, how they are. That's just how they are. They're that talented, and they're that good. And those two guys, Scotty Brooks and Mark Jackson, are the two guys that I can see. And you brought up a good point in Tom Thibodeau. I just think Tom Thibodeau's system has kind of leaked around, this, or leaked around the NBA from the Bulls. You know, he is a really hard-nosed defensive coach. Nothing wrong with that. That would help out Houston more than not. I think the problem would be is that, again, the players wouldn't believe in Tom Thibodeau because, again, he's kind of an old-school type of coach, and the players that they have on that team right now might not agree with that. And it's the same thing that could happen with Mark Jackson. Scotty Brooks is really the perfect fit for that ball club because of the fact that he is a calm demeanor. He's a guy who has, has really found a way to manage the modern-day NBA team and build through you know, depth and talent. He's found a way to build a team, and he did it last year. And for that – he finally found a way to get a team in Oklahoma City over the top over time. Andrew, what do you want to say? Um, you know, I am not as high on Scott Brooks as you are. I know you've heard – I've heard you a lot of times uh, speak on Scott Brooks. That is one guy who I think his team grew – maybe not grew, but won in spite of. Uh, now, this is a team that doesn't need to grow anymore. This is a team that needs to take what they have, 
and push for a championship. Growth is always nice, but realistically, most of these guys are in their prime or even a little bit past it. Um, now, a guy like Mark Jackson, kind of the same thing. Uh, that Warriors team, I don't think they won a championship last year if Mark Jackson's at the helm. Uh, you know, they, Steve Kerr came in and started running this weaving offense of just pick after pick after pick after pick after pick to get Steph and Clay open in the corners at the top of the key to get the easiest oops I've ever seen. Um, you know, I'm not as high on those guys, but uh, I know we're talking this year, but as I'm reading through some of these reports, it looks like, and take this with a grain of salt because day of the firing, nobody really knows right. what they're going to do. Uh, it looks like uh, Daryl Morey did say that J.B. Bickerstaff, if I'm saying that correctly, will be the head yeah. coach the rest of the season. Again, take it with a grain of salt. It's the day of the firing. Right. They could hire somebody else tomorrow. Nobody really knows how highly they think of this guy as of right now. Well, if if the if the Houston if the Houston Rockets go on another four game losing streak, you can guarantee they're going to start looking for new guys. But yeah, as of now, I mean, like you said, day of the firing, we could see that you know JB Bickerstaff could be a guy that could take this team over. And again, how successful will they be? Who knows? But to be honest, like you said, I mean, this team doesn't need shouldn't they shouldn't need a guy to come in and and tell them how to play basketball. These are some talented basketball players on this team in Minnesota. And, yeah, they need a guy to come in and provide a, uh, give them a system. But when it comes to overall, you know, needing to push them to get better, it's, it's unneeded and unwanted and, un, and un, unnecessary for this team. Yeah, uh, a system needs to be put in place. But overall, when it comes to the overall ability of this team, it needs to get – anything more you want to say on this uh, Kevin McHale firing, uh, Andrew? Uh, nothing much except for uh, I, I if I'm a Western Conference team and Thibodeau goes there, I would be scared. Yeah, he's he's a guy that uh, with how fire fire heavy a uh, firepower heavy the Western Conference is. If there's a guy who can really shut down some teams and find ways to just nitpick away at some of the better offensive teams in the Western Conference, that would be a guy in Tom Thibodeau, and that would be a scary, scary process if he did go to the Houston Rockets. Let's get into some of these games from last night. Obviously, uh, we had two major NCAA basketball games that went on. Uh, we'll get into those shortly, but let's go over the NBA real quick. First of all, players of the week, we had DeMarcus Cousins and who else? DeMarcus Cousins and Nicholas Batum. I don't know how Nicholas Batum got it. I know he had a great game, one game over the weekend, but he only averaged 25.5 points per game, six rebounds per game three assists per game. I see how DeMarcus Cousins got it. I actually predicted that one correct. I thought Rajon Rondo would get it in the Western Conference, to be honest. He had three triple-doubles last week. But DeMarcus Cousins, 32 points, 32.5 points, 11 rebounds per game. He also shot the ball from three really well. I think he made like nine threes this week. That's crazy from a big man like DeMarcus Cousins. And Nicholas Batum shot 57% from the field, actually from the three-point line. That's nuts. So those two guys were your players of the week in the NBA. Um, going into last night and going into Tuesday, there were a couple of games that you can make the case were litmus tests. And, and, and they weren't as big a litmus test, but they were more of like, okay, let's see what happens. And one of those games was Cleveland at Detroit. Both of you, I know both you and I watched that game last night, Andrew, and I know you were pumped beyond all heck to see your Detroit team get a victory to go to 6-5. and five. Cleveland's now lost two in a row. I still think, if you heard me on Monday, Andrew, uh, 
LeBron James made some comments last uh, this past weekend after the loss, the double overtime loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, and he said that his team's not great. I don't understand what he means by that. This team is this is this is a team where the Atlanta, excuse me, the Cleveland Cavaliers are they're they're still detrimented. And and Reggie Jackson last night, by the way, having a whiteboard worthy performance, twenty three points, twelve assists, and six rebounds. And Andre Drummond didn't have a whiteboard worthy performance, but he had a dominant game, twenty five points, eighteen rebounds, and I believe he had four blocks. You talk about a guy or, or three steals, something like that. This guy, these guys are going off this season, and they are a team that, again, is going to hang around the Eastern Conference, be a team that's going to do something big, and we've said it time and time again. Andre Drummond is a guy where you should seriously start considering putting his name into the MVP conversation, if not at least for at least top three centers in the NBA, no doubt. Andrew, what did you see from this game last night? Um, I saw a team that was really, really happy to be home. Uh, as, as I talked about, I, I believe I even talked about it last night, that they just looked like they had a little bit more comfort. Like they got to go see their wives, their kids, their beds. Now, you know, we've all gone on vacation, and we all know that as much as you hate being home, when you get to see your bed, your personal bed, the bed you sleep in every night, nothing feels like laying down in that bed. Uh, so this team looks really happy to be home. And, you know, they took a good shot from Cleveland. LeBron hit 30 points. Kevin Love had 19 points and nine rebounds. So this wasn't a Cleveland yeah. team that was incredibly off. They shot 47.5% from the field. LeBron was 4-7 from the from the three-point line. I mean, this is, this is a team that came out and gave a pretty good punch to these Pistons, but the Pistons came out and really – uh, Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond, one of the best, one, definitely the most underrated one-two punch in the entire NBA, uh, really took it, really took it to these Cleveland Cavaliers, combining for 48 points, 24 rebounds, 12 assists, yeah. four steals. I mean, that's 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 all two all-stars on the court right now. Just to put it into perspective, you know, the conversation we really want to have today, and we we really really. Really want you to call in. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there real quick. The number is 323-642-1558. Call in, talk Andre Drummond. Um, he's had 19 rebounds, 17 rebounds, and 18 rebounds in his last three games. His average has gone down after every single one of those games. Just just yeah. think about that. He's averaging 19 and 19 on 53% shooting. His defense has been outstanding. He's not getting lost like he was previously. Uh, and then they've been complimented really well. I mean, the scoring last night was so balanced. 14 from Marcus Morris, 20 from Ursan, 25 from Andre, 23 from Reggie Jackson, and 13 from KCP. The lowest plus-minus in the whole entire starting lineup was plus 11. So you know that this starting lineup really took it to the Cavaliers last night. And, and it's good to see, you know, it, it shows that how much of a parody the sports world is today. Where you can go and you can lose to the at the time one and seven Kings and the one win Lakers and then come and beat the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James on his A game. So, you know, that that game was really something to see. Right now, you can call in and argue with me all you want. Andre Drummond is the second most valuable player in the league so far this season. Only behind Steph Curry, as much as I hate to say it, who played terrific again last night. Andre Drummond is the only player behind him. Okay, he has dominated. Even his off nights, he will get 
I think his lowest rebound total this year is 14, the lowest. That's the next – that's the second best guy's average. It's it's absolutely insane. Uh, you know, the Cavs are going to be fine. What LeBron was saying when he's, when he's speaking about this Cavs team being good, not great, is they don't have – I think he meant they don't have it yet. Uh, they don't have the, the will to go and dominate these games for a full 48 minutes. You know, he put some of it on himself, but this team isn't great yet. They've lost back-to-back games to the Bucks and, and the, the Pistons. Two good teams, not great team. Who They're going to come out of the East. They're going to be fine. But to become a great basketball team, they have to do more than this. They can't have Timothy Mozgov shooting 18-foot uh, baseline jumpers with 28 seconds left in the game down two. That can't happen. They, you know, they can't have Kevin Love shooting uh, 40% from the field like he is so far this season. Uh, and and guess what? Mo Williams not going to stay as hot as he is. That's not going to happen. He's, you know, he's shooting something like 67% on 15-foot jumpers. Um, now, of course, Kyrie's going to come back. Iman's going to come back. And that's when I think this team has the opportunity to take the step to greatness and to be really the best team or compete for the best team in the NBA. You showed me something last night when we were watching this game, or at least late night uh, when I was working. I worked late again last night. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I made a basketball hoop uh, at work, which is pretty awesome. I work in a warehouse, and it's pretty awesome. I made this, We made this basketball hoop from strictly wood and cardboard. It was freaking awesome, and it's up against a pole at work. We actually play it pretty often at night. It's pretty cool now that we have something like that at work. But anyway, the point is, is I want to get back to my point. You mentioned a thing to me last night about this Cleveland Cavalier team and their matchups coming down the stretch, and especially with what Golden State did, and we'll get into that game later on. But when that team, and, and I hope this happens, I want Kyrie Irving to come back on Christmas Day. I want Amon Shumpert to come back on Christmas Day, and I want to see the Cleveland Cavaliers come out full strength, ready to play against this Golden State Warriors team that is now 12-0. and You talk about a game that might be the highest-rated game in NBA history. On Christmas Day, I can guarantee you, I will shut out the family drama. I will shut out the presents. I will put <laughs> everything to the side, and I will tell everyone to be like, get out of my way. I'm watching this game. Don't talk to me. Because I want to watch Amen. LeBron James go. I want to watch LeBron James go for a Eastern Conference Finals 2012 performance of 45-15-5. I want to see him go off on this game. And I want to see Kyrie Irving twist. Steph Curry's ankles. I want to see it happen. What are you saying, Andrew? I was just saying, you are right. I, that game is going to be something special. I don't care if Cavs are a barely above 500 team. I don't care if they lost every game till that point. That game is going to be oh, man, it's going to be amazing. This You got Steph versus LeBron, but you're going to have maybe the most motivated LeBron in the history of LeBron. I mean, this guy's not going to be very happy playing Steph especially with the way they've come out this year. Um, and like you said last night, they, I mean, you might be looking at game six of the Eastern Conference Finals 2012, LeBron, in that one. So it's going to be it's gonna be fun. I'm going to think about it for the next month and a half. So. And you mentioned something else about this game while you were talking about uh, the, the Pistons and whatnot. And I understand your, your take on Drummond and him being in the MVP discussions as a top two guy. Don't forget, and again, I agree with you from right now, 
for these for this first quarter of the season, which by the way, our quarter season show will be in about two weeks. Actually, it'll be about the week, maybe a, a couple weeks after Thanksgiving. So in about three weeks, we'll have our quarter season uh, show. And I agree with you. I think Andre Drummond right now looks like that kind of player. And I mentioned this to you last night. Anthony Davis is last a year a year ago right now was the guy we were talking about potentially winning MVP in the NBA because the New Orleans Pelicans came out and started out really hot. They played really, really well to start the year, and Anthony Davis was going off for like 45 and 15 every single night. It was crazy. And we were talking about the same thing kind of like with DeAndre Drummond right now. And I don't want to barter your hopes at all, but from the whole picture perspective, what LeBron James is doing right now with his team with a lack of backcourt is insane. It is the equivalent of having, like, again, it is the equivalent of having a really, really nice sports car with an engine, but, like, instead of a V8, it's like a V6 hybrid. Like, it's not that good. It's a nice car, but but when it starts driving, you're like, what the heck is this? Like, And, and LeBron is making it work, and he's making this team find a way to win games that they really shouldn't be winning late in ballgames. And if you watch some of these games late, as, as you saw last night, LeBron has really had to find a way to carry. And obviously Kevin Love has found a better presence within the offense, but he is clearly not impacting the way LeBron James needs to. Again, he had to score 30 points to keep this team in it. He had to have another one of those LeBron-type performances where we take them for granted. Again, LeBron last night, he went off for 36-3. and three. That's not a bad stat line. That's a great stat line. And they still lost. And, again, the Pistons are a great team. They're a team that, by the way, if for those of you that haven't looked at the standings, I would take a picture because this is probably the only time all year you're going to see a team with a winning record not in the postseason picture. The Detroit Pistons are ninth currently, tied behind the Indiana Pacers. And, granted, they'll go up. They're going to get, they're going to get better. But they're a 6-5 and five team out of the postseason race which is crazy because that's not going to happen in the Eastern Conference. Anyone who's above 500 in the Eastern Conference will be in the postseason and will be competitive, especially this year considering the way that the Cleveland Cavaliers have been playing injured. Now, when, like you said, when you said that, that, that the, the Cleveland Cavaliers don't have that it yet, it's Kyrie. They don't have Kyrie. Kyrie is another version of kind of like – Kyrie Irving is kind of like DeMar DeRozan in a sense where he's a more shifty – better, ver- uh, you know, I'd say more complete version of DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan can score the basketball better than Kyrie, but Kyrie's got more about him than uh, DeMar DeRozan. He's got a better offensive overall game when I'm talking about dribbling the ball, when I'm talking about passing, when I'm talking about vision, when I'm talking about anticipation. He's got a better sense of that than DeMar DeRozan. Um, but he's kind of the same way when it comes to scoring. He'll find any way to get to the rim. They don't have that right now. Mo Williams is a guy who throughout his entire career has been a chucker. He has just been a fantastic chucker, a guy that can come off the bench and spark you. That's what he's going to do. And when you add that element of Kyrie Irving and his slashing ability, and then you add the fact that Mo Williams coming off the bench to provide that spark, this, this Cleveland Cavalier team is nowhere near what they need to be yet. And, 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 and when they do get that back, Last night would have been different. It would have been a much different ball game. Maybe Reggie Jackson wouldn't have gone off for what he did, you know, 24 and 12 or 23 and 12. It wouldn't have happened maybe that way. And maybe Kyrie would have impacted the game more. I agree with you. I think Andre Drummond needs to be in the MVP discussion all year from this point on, based upon this kind of performance. This was a performance where you say the Pistons are for real, don't want to play them at home. They're 3-1 and one at home now. 
They've played some really good teams. They've been really competitive this season, and they've been really, really outstanding to watch. And when you watch this Detroit Pistons team and you watch Andre Drummond, it becomes more and more and more apparent that him and Reggie Jackson are really one of the two scariest combos in the NBA. And I've mentioned this in the preseason. I'm mentioning it now, and I'll mention it throughout the year. Reggie Jackson is a guy who got robbed in Oklahoma City for his playing time. When this Oklahoma City team a year ago had nine guys, eight guys suiting at times, Reggie Jackson was the guy carrying the squad to make them competitive. Now he's on a team where they actually have down low presence. They have guys developing in KCP, and Ilasova can actually shoot from the outside so he can help score a little bit. You got a Pistons team now where really you have an identity, you have a presence, and you have a team where you got a guy and a potential MVP in Andre Drummond really dominating. But when it comes to the MVP talks, if Drummond's still doing this in January, then I will jump on board and be like, yes, MVP level. He's up there with Steph. He's up there with LeBron. But with what LeBron's doing right now from an overall perspective, you got to give the credit to him and be like, look, this guy has got to be in the MVP discussion, maybe even the best player right now in the league, just based upon the fact that he doesn't have his backcourt. Anything else you want to say on that, Andrew? Yeah, and just as far as the Cavs being great, what people need to be aware of is uh, over his last seven games, LeBron is coming back with that three-pointer. He's up to 36% over the last seven, and that is only going to improve when Kyrie gets back and spreads the floor even more. It's going to be an intense – I'm telling you, this Cleveland Cavalier team, they're 8-3 and three without, their, without their main parts and, and their main guards, and they are a team – where when they get out in the open court, it's going to be a nightmare to try and guard them. Uh, again, another, another shot of history from last night. LeBron James passed Jerry West for 19th all-time in scoring last night, passing up the logo. There was a really cool logo from TNT, uh, NBA on TNT last night. If you saw it, it's a really cool logo. It's the logo of Jerry West, and then it's a LeBron James NBA-type logo they, they showed. It's actually kind of a really cool sentiment and a cool thing to see just how far LeBron James has come in his career. Some of the games from last night, obviously, uh, Wizards just destroyed the Bucks. And as you heard on Andrew's show uh, here on the Hooper's Log, you heard his live show for episode 12 um, when we had the time slot of 4.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You heard him talk about this game and how all of a sudden the Wizards just got out to a big-time lead and really just ran away with it. Uh, John Wall, again, 19 points, 9 assists. Taking it away for the Bucks again. The Wizards kind of kind of being inconsistent, but so are the Bucks. Both these teams have been kind of inconsistent on the whole, and that's kind of what we're going to expect from both these teams as we've been seeing through uh, lately. And then another game, real quick, before I let you talk, Andrew. I saw the ending of this ball game, and it only makes sense. This Nets team is bad, but as of late, they have been playing really, really, really good teams, really well. And I'm talking like they're finding ways to hang in and they're finding ways to be competitive. They're not a team that's going to make the postseason. They're not a good team overall. They're not a good – they're not. But the thing we need to recognize with this Nets team is coming into the fourth quarter, and I watched this uh, today right before the show. Um, I watched the replay of the fourth quarter a little bit. This Nets team, when they're close with about five minutes to go, they're probably actually one of the more scarier teams in the league. Now, hold on. They're 2-9. and nine. They're not a good team. They're, they're not dead yet, though, but they're a team where they have the pieces to compete with you in the end of ballgames. Brooke Lopez is a guy, again, 24-10 and 10 last night. This is a guy you can go to down the block, and he's going to get you some points. Thaddeus Young, I saw some moves from this guy last night where I was like, this guy has developed into one of the better power forwards in the league. And then you saw a guy in Jarrett Jack. By the way, 
Jarrett Jack, you talk about a guy who's getting mugged when it comes to playing time, and not, pl- not just playing time, but a guy who's getting mugged when it comes to being uh, visibility in the league. This is one of those guys where if, if he is on a elite team in the NBA, he is one of the better players to ever just play in the league from the standpoint of he is so clutch. He made a couple clutch baskets last night where I was just like, man, if he was on a good team, he would be way higher rated than he already is. Because I saw a couple of games from him last year and a couple of games from him this year where he just makes baskets at the most opportune times. And that's the kind of guy that needs to be viewed more often in the NBA. You're not going to get viewed when you're 2-9. and nine, But when you beat a Hawks team the way they did last night in the final couple of minutes, it makes you think if the Nets can build some kind of confidence – they can compete in the East. Now, they're not going to get a postseason spot. They're not going to be anything special. But they can win more games than we think if they find a way to compete. Andrew, what did you think from this Bucks wizards game and this Hawks-Nets game from last night? Bucks wizards game, I thought it was that was one of my favorite parts of the show last night, how five minutes after I looked, it was a two-point game. It was all, all of a sudden a 20-point game. Uh, the Wizards just took it to the Bucks. Um I, I just don't think the Bucks are a good team. I, I've said it before. I don't want to get into it again because then I'd just be repeating myself. But I just don't think they're yeah. good when it comes to when it comes to the Hawks and the Nets. Um, and let's let's go back to the Bucks. Bucks fans, what you got for that max contract player was Thaddeus Young, but Thaddeus Young doesn't have the attitude that Greg Monroe has. Uh, in in Thaddeus Young being the better version. Um, from right. this, you know, Sadie, like you said, played excellent. 16 and 11, five steals, awesome on the defensive end, and closed it out with those clutch free throws. Won the game with yeah. those clutch free throws. Um, you know, this, this Brooklyn Nets team, as much as I was not a fan of the beginning of the year, they are fun to watch. They do play hard, and they really do still want to win. Now, it's going to just get worse from here, so Nets fans, don't get your hopes up, but. Your your only glimmer of hope, and sadly, is trading Thaddeus Young and hopefully getting some future, something in the future. Um, but, you know, this team, this Hawks team has, you know, fallen off the past few games. They'll be fine. And this next next team is on the up and coming. So it, and Brooklyn was at home. It's not an easy place to go. Brooklyn fans are, are, even when they lose, they're loud. So, I mean, let's not sleep on the Nets at home. Let's not give up on the Hawks. Uh, but, you know, it was a fun game to watch. This is what makes League Pass so great. Right. Yeah. It's it's it, You get to see a lot of guys in League Pass and also get to see some performances like a guy that you don't like. Hassan Whiteside had a triple-double last night, one of the more impressive triple-doubles you'll see in the NBA. Granted, they lost. The Heat did. They lost the Timberwolves, who won 103-91 to over the Miami Heat. Carl Anthony Towns had another big-time game, 14 points, 14 rebounds. You talk about a guy – who's putting his name in the stack and potentially winning Rookie of the Year this year. And Carl Anthony Towns, he's playing outstanding. But Hassan Whiteside with the performance, not of the night. I wouldn't call it performance of the night, but it was one of the more impressive performances, the way he performed. 22 points, 14 rebounds, 10 blocks. Yeah, I know he had no assists. I know, I understand that he wasn't really. And again, I agree with you, Andrew, in the standpoint of his IQ is not there. But when it comes to the garbage men in the NBA, you talk about a guy who... You talk about a guy who really is just the ultimate garbage man in the NBA. That is Hassan Whiteside. He can find ways to dominate anyone in the paint, really. He he kind of reminds me, and this is far-fetched, and I'm not talking about potential. I'm not talking about 
his capability of I'm not talking about his capability of offensively or anything in that. I'm talking about the way he cleans up the board on the offensive side of the board and the way he plays defense. Baby Shaq, man. I'm telling you, baby Shaq. He reminds me of Shaq when he was on the Orlando Magic in his rookie years. That's all he reminds me of. I'm not saying he's going to be Shaq. Don't quote me on that. Hassan Whiteside will never be Shaq. He doesn't have the IQ. He doesn't doesn't have – I know. I I know. I know. It's not Friday yet, but we're getting close. Uh, Hassan Whiteside is not Shaq. He'll never be Shaq. He doesn't have the athleticism. He doesn't have the charisma. He doesn't have the firepower. He doesn't have the, uh, the IQ. He doesn't have any of that. But when it comes to his presence in the paint, strictly in the paint, nowhere else, I'm not talking outside the paint. I'm talking defensively, and I'm talking offensive rebound-wise and tip-backs. Those three things, offensive rebounds, tip-backs, and blocking, that's the only thing where he just – you get flashes of Shaq in his Orlando days. That's it. That's it. And I feel like that's the only thing that he reminds me of, and it's really cool to see because it's like, man, how many guys actually do that in the league these days? He actually – and this is a probably more appropriate comparison, and this isn't to knock your boy. But this is just how it is. He reminds me a lot of Ben Wallace. Isn't that a fair comparison? I feel like that's a pretty fair comparison. Yeah. Ben Wallace did not have – he did not have the highest IQ in the NBA, but you talk about a motor. You talk about a guy who played bigger than his size more than probably anyone in the NBA at the, at the uh, forward or center position ever. I'm talking about if people looked at Ben Wallace's stat line for a, a good majority of a three- to four-year period, you would have thought he was 7'2". The guy was 6'8", like, on, on, on stilts. The guy was tiny. He was a tiny man, and he played way bigger than his size. That's kind of Hassan Whiteside. He plays like that, and he plays hard, doesn't have the highest IQ, and that's just kind of his mentality of the game. And uh, that's all I want to talk about on that one real quick. Let's get to the Knicks. Uh, Chris Stapps-Porzingis had a big-time game, career game, 29 points, 11 rebounds, and a block uh, in a win over the Charlotte Hornets. Again, the Knicks are 6-6, six and six, man. The Hornets, again, when they're on, they're really good. When they're not, they're just they're just they're just a giant they're just a giant load of tinker toys. They're not there's nothing there in 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 uh, Charlotte. They're they're kind of still a mixed bag of goodies, but there's days when they just don't play well. Kemba Walker coming back to the Mecca where he played for Connecticut and won the NCAA championship and the Big East championship before the Big East exploded. 31 points and four rebounds. Coming back home, you knew he was excited to see this one. And then another game real quick before I hand it over to you, Andrew. Uh, The Nuggets and Pelicans. Danilo Gallinari, game of the night. 32 points, eight rebounds, and eight assists uh, in that one. He had a whiteboard-worthy performance. He had, I believe, it was a 56, if I'm not mistaken, 56 on that one. Again, 32 points, eight assists, eight rebounds, 115 to 98. I saw in the stat line that, Anthony Davis left the game. He only played six minutes. What happened there, and what happened to these other couple of games that you want to talk about, Andrew? Uh, First thing I want to talk about is Chris stops Porzingis. I mean, this guy's getting into legend territory right now, not not with the play, not with any of that. He's getting into legend territory as far as, I mean, this guy was booed on draft night, maybe 10% of people, (laughs) including myself. Sorry, I have a little cough. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Thought he thought he was going to be good, and the other ninety percent thought he was going to be a bust. Uh, this guy, this guy went for twenty nine and eleven last. Twenty nine and eleven. The people thought the Dirk comparisons were crazy. This guy has looked just like Dirk. I mean, identical to Dirk, except with more explosion. 
Uh, he, he's a seven foot three power forward. He's going to step out. He's going to hit a three. But but the beautiful, the most beautiful part about his game is this guy's like two hundred and ten pounds, and he will get physical with anybody. Imagine when he adds some strength, when he adds some power. He had a plus twenty, plus minus last night. It, it, it was. Yeah, this game was a, this game was a lot closer on the scoreboard than it actually was, and that's because of Kemba Walker. Uh, but other yeah. than that, the Knicks dominated most aspects of this game. But let's get straight. Let's get straight to the game of the night, the one that we all stayed up late to watch. I know when that line the Raptors and Golden State Warriors. Take it away, Andrew. It, now this was a game where. I think, you know, whenever a Warriors game is on, it's split right down the middle. You got the people who love them and the people who hate them. There's not really much middle talk. There's not really much middle ground. It's either you see every foul that's called, you'll refresh your Twitter timeline, and it'll be, oh, my God, how was that a foul? And then the other team will get a foul called on them and be like, oh, my goodness, how was that a foul? So we we knew what we were were looking into for this game. Um, Now – it, it, it started out ugly. Um, the only complaint I had from this game is that NBA TV put the Warriors announcers on, who, in my opinion, are oh, the God. worst announcers in all of oh, sports. Oh, they're such ball washers, dude. They're such ball washers. It's horrible. Oh, it's just the the job you were supposed to do as an NBA analyst or announcer is to break down the game, analyze the game, and make us see things that we didn't see prior. That's their job. Now, listening to a Golden State broadcast is, wow, Steph Curry's tremendous. Wow, this guy on Toronto is not very good. Wow, Klay Thompson made a shot. He's now the best of all time in our minds. It's absurd. I can't listen to it. I muted the game for half game, and then I wanted to hear the crowd in the fourth quarter, so I turned it back on. But, you know, in the second quarter, just another example of of these Warriors announcers because it's brutal. Second quarter, you got uh, a little saying from the Warriors announcers that goes, well, if I if I was the coach for the Raptors, I'd be throwing in the towel. It was a 14-point oh game God. in the second quarter. Eight minutes left, like six minutes left in the second quarter. Andrew, yeah. I got something to say on that, yep. too. I didn't watch the game because yep. it was on NBA TV, and I was watching it on my phone. And the uh, and I was listening to the Toronto Raptors broadcast because I cannot stand the Golden State Warriors broadcast because, like you said, there's just so much ball washing on the radio side and the uh, and the TV side. But I listened to the Raptors broadcast and at halftime, I, so I was, while I was working, I was listening to the to the halftime show from the Toronto Raptors perspective, and they were talking about how they were just lucky to be where they were. And I'm sitting there thinking, hold on, hold on, hold on. You have Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry. You have Jonas Valanciunas and uh, Damari Carroll. And you're talking about going into Golden State and you're down, what, 10-plus points at halftime, and you're thinking you're lucky to be where you're at. And, you're, and they're like, oh, we sh- what, do you, what, do you, what, what is your approach to the second half, guy? Oh, 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 we should just get on the plane and run. And I'm thinking, you're a 7-4 and four Raptors team that just started the season 5-0, and oh, and you're scared to play in Golden State? What the hell is this world coming to? This is an outside shooting Golden State Warrior team. You have DeMar DeRozan, who you can throw the ball into the post from time to time, and Kyle Lowry can get a 10-10 and 10 in his sleep. And you're talking about, oh, we should just go on the We should just go back home and run? Come on, man. All right, get back to your point. 
Yeah, and and I'm with you on that. Now, the performance of the night, was it Steph Curry? No. Was yeah. it DeMar DeRozan? No. Was it Kyle Lowry? No. It was Dwayne Casey. This guy made his team come out in yeah. the second half, and I have not seen adjustments like that from this Toronto Raptors right. team ever. Ever. Right. Now, of course, you have two of the guys with the most heart in the entire league in Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. and their motors will never stop, especially in a game right. like this. But the perimeter defense and the rotation through the screen, uh, you know, Outstanding. The, the knowing knowing when to go under, knowing when to go above. Of course, they had some breakdowns where the Warriors got easy lobs, but that's the whole purpose behind three-point shootings of, of, of the Warriors' offense. So this team came out with, you know, you have 15 minutes to make adjustments. One of the better second-half coaching jobs I have seen in a long, long time by anybody. Anybody, okay? Uh, now, this, this Warriors team is now 12-0. and Steph Curry dropped another 37, uh, and it's it's just getting unfair at this point. Um, who knows when they're going to lose? I think they got the Clippers next. Uh, yep, they got the Clippers next. That's going to be fun. That game's on tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. TNT, baby. Uh, yep, yep. That game is going to be a blast. So we're going to watch, you know, I think we got Milwaukee and Cleveland that night, Sacramento, Miami, because it's a pretty short night tomorrow. But two out of those three games are really, really fun. So it, it's going to be something to see. And, you know, I think it's it's getting time for this Warriors team to – kind of lose, especially with the uh, the amount of rest the Clippers are going to have. And like you said, Steph Curry last night had performance of the night in the NBA. Uh, I mean, you said Dwayne Casey, obviously. Obviously, his, his adjustments were unbelievable. I heard the I heard the announcers for the Raptors saying, oh, we're actually in the ball game. How did that happen? Oh, my God. I just I couldn't stand it, man. It's like all this ball washing for the Warriors is ridiculous. No one ball washes the Spurs when they're successful. No one ball washes the Lakers when they're successful. But for some reason, with the little, little Steph Curry and his little daughter, everyone feels like they need to feel like they, they need to give this guy all the praise in the world. He had a great game last night. 37 points, 9 assists, 2 rebounds, 2 steals. That's a great whiteboard performance, 59 overall. But come on, man. I mean, they're 12-0. and They're playing unbelievable basketball. But at the same time, geez louise, give some objectivity to this game. Good Lord. Uh, let's get to the let's get to the uh, NCAA games from last night. We probably won't be talking about NCAA games for a while based upon the fact that there's just not a lot happening early on this part of the season. There was one upset in the NBA, uh, NCAA last night. Tulsa beat Wichita State 77-67 early again. We're going to see that Ron Baker really can't carry the entire team. They lost by 10. He had a 23.4 rebound performance in that Wichita State game. But, again, you're not going to see Wichita State go undefeated and do as well as they've done in the past like they had the last couple of years. They're going to fall off a little bit this year. They've lost some pretty good talent. Um, but the two games of the night last night that we all wanted to watch was Kentucky and Duke. Obviously, Kentucky – carried this one to a high degree. They played a great brand of basketball, obviously. Calipari getting the guys, getting the getting the players to come play. 3-0 and now, Kentucky. They're not going to go undefeated, but they're definitely still talented as all heck. And then the performance of the night in all of basketball, Denzel Valentine from Michigan State beating number, number four Kansas, number 13 Michigan State over number four Kansas on the late game for ESPN. 29 points, 12 assists, 12 rebounds, 65 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale. We're not going to give him necessarily a whiteboard worthy performance, but that is the performance of the night in basketball. You get you get 29 points, 12 assists, and 12 rebounds, and get that kind of performance in a 40 minute basketball game. You're doing something. This guy 
proved himself to be one of the better guys in college basketball coming into this year. Andrew, what did you see from last night in the world of college basketball? Uh, Denzel Valentine, just the second player to ever have a triple-double against Kansas. Uh, and the first, of course, was Michigan State uh, former time great Magic Johnson. Uh, yeah. Now, this is a great comeback win for the for this Michigan State team. Went, went into the half down six. Uh, they were getting kind of beat up. It, it didn't look ugly, but they, you could tell they, were, they weren't the better team in this. They were the lower-ranked team. And then they came back in the second half. Denzel Valentine took over on every aspect. And, uh, you know, they just looked awesome. This, this team, this is a team that, I mean, they didn't hit a ton of three-pointers. Uh, their bench did. Their starting lineup was six for 15, six, six for 16 from the three-point line. So it wasn't like they dominated. But this was your, this was your college basketball game. I mean, this was the ultimate college basketball game, just back and forth, fighting for it, uh, and it comes down to really one player taking them. Uh, Kentucky, man, did they look good. Um, now, Duke is a team that anytime Marshall Plumley scores the first nine points and nobody else can get involved, they're probably not in the best place because uh, he's just not, he's not as good as his brothers. Uh, but Brandon Ingram did not perform. Grayson Allen didn't perform. Chase Teeter didn't perform. Luke Kennard didn't perform. So, this is a team that none of its star players performed and they only lost by 11. It's not a team I'd be too worried about. I still have them in my final four. They're going to drop a little bit, but they'll be fine. It's not It's not a huge worry. Yeah, it's, it, again, it's going to be a long time until we start to really see what's going on in college basketball. Again, we're only like four or five days in. It's it's super early. A lot will change from now until the beginning of conference play. It's going to be fun to see kind of how things kind of shake out to get to those rankings up until then. And we'll update you nightly or, or weekly on the rankings in college basketball. Let's get to our preview of tonight. Wednesday games, obviously the two ESPN games tonight. The Pelicans at the Oklahoma City Thunder. I, I can expect a guy like Russell Westbrook to dominate in this one. I hope Anthony Davis is healthy. If not, expect Oklahoma City to come out with a win. And then Chicago plays Phoenix in Phoenix. That's another interesting matchup. It's going to be fun to see Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler, two of the best guys in the league, play against Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight. That's going to be the fun game to watch of the night. It's going to be interesting because we're going to see really what Phoenix is made of in that one. Three litmus tests, Portland and Houston. Houston is a team that obviously just lost their coach. Portland has lost six in a row. You're looking at two teams that have something to prove and see where they're going to go from here. I think Houston's going to get the win there. Sacramento, another litmus test for them is they have been playing really well recently, and they are going to be playing Atlanta in Atlanta tonight. That's going to be a big one for them to prove to see if they're actually legit and if they can move forward with this. Dallas plays Boston. That's another litmus test of a ball game and another good game to watch. But my game of the night, and if you're going to sit there and watch one basketball game, if you had only one game to watch tonight, Toronto at Utah. Yeah, you better believe that's going to be the game of the night because you're going to watch two guys, two teams really get it going. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert and a guy in, uh, in, in, in Al Horford really get it going. Andrew, what do you see from tonight? Uh, real quick, I think you meant to say Jonas Valchunas and, and Rudy Gobert. Um, my bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my game of the night is Timberwolves versus Magic. Uh, I, love, I love young and talented teams. I love watching them play yeah. each other. Uh, it's going to come down to who makes less mistakes. Uh, both are five and six. 
the Magic got a home game. But the Timberwolves, all five of their wins are at home. And five of their six losses, or all five of their wins are away. And five of their six losses are at home. So this is has been a team that's been opposite of normal. Maybe they thrive off that feeling, but that is my game of the night. Um, you know, other than that, it's not a terribly exciting night. I think the Rockets come out and dismantle the Trailblazers just out of frustration. I mean, these players just cost a man his job. It's that simple. Uh, so I think they come out and dismantle the, the Blazers, uh, Thunder versus Pelicans. Pelicans look like they're going to fall to 1-11. It's not looking good for my eight seed who – you know, if I got a chance to redo it, obviously I'd take what uh, I told you. And then, you know, you know, rap. <laughs> you did, you did. You those worry, those injuries concerned you a lot more than me. Now this Raptors team, uh, let's see. It's going to be interesting to see how tired they are against the Jazz tonight. Yeah, it's going to be uh, one of those. It's going to be one of those nights in the NBA. It's just an interesting night because there's no like big time, you know, juicy perform, juicy matchups. You know, you said Minnesota, Orlando. That's a fun one. Indiana, Philadelphia, good Lord. I, I expect Paul George to get 40 points in this one tonight. I think Paul George is going to absolutely go off on Robert Covington. Denver and San Antonio, that'll be interesting to see Emmanuel Moutier and the young guns face off against the old guns in, uh, in uh, San Antonio. That'll be fun. I think San Antonio will get the win, but it'll be fun to watch. Dallas and Boston, again, a litmus test for both those teams and see if they're both for real. If Boston can come out and win this one and be a dominant force again, you're looking at a Boston team that might be more legit than we think, especially here on CLNS Radio. Uh, Sacramento and Atlanta, I mentioned that earlier, Toronto, Utah. Brooklyn and Charlotte's interesting, too. If Brooklyn can come out and get a victory in this one, maybe we see a turnaround season for the Brooklyn Nets, and maybe we can see them get to 500 here before, uh, we, get to, uh, before we get to December. Who knows? We'll see. You never know. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. And, again, uh, Portland and Houston, like you said, a guy, a guy who just got fired today in Kevin McHale, and then also a team in Portland that has lost six in a row. It's going to be a really, really interesting night. Of basketball, Andrew. Anything else you want to say? We got about a minute left on the show. What's up, man? Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? That's it. Uh, I'm going to discuss with you when we get off air. Maybe making this 2K giveaway a little bit easier. But other than that, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, You know, we are the Hoopers Log. We're going to be here tomorrow, both of us, hopefully. Until then, peace. Yeah, again, everybody, uh, we're doing our 2K giveaway. We've been doing it for about a month now. If you want to get this free game, feel free. Again, it's not – there's no charge. There's no charge, man. It's all free. And we're here to give you a holiday spirit of a season today. That's all we're trying to do. We're trying to get you in the holiday mood. we got about a week away till Thanksgiving. And once Thanksgiving comes around, we will be gone for four days. We'll be gone Thanksgiving Day, Black Friday, and then obviously that weekend. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with a TNT Thursday here on the Hooper's Log, episode 14 tomorrow, episode 13, in the book. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy your night of basketball. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.